Good morning and welcome to the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Oh, nothing. How are you doing tonight? Just mixing it up there with the morning. Yeah, I know. We're we're off. I got a little confused. Yeah. Um, Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Glad to have you. I hope a lot of people got a chance to listen to us talk to Coach O'Regan. Rob, before we start anywhere else, we should start there. What a weekend for women's hoops, huh? Yeah, taking care of business Friday night in a big, big way. time. Big, big time. Um, absolutely reversing um, reversing the scoreboard from their trip to Philly earlier in the season and really blowing out Drexel, on, leaving no doubt uh, where things stand headed into the tournament. And then kind of from a slow start um, to make sure they put away Delaware for the last ever game at the Convo on Sunday. Uh, I, you know, there was a whole lot of Hoopla and then Sunday, understandably so, with all the sort of building coming to an end. Um, so a little bit of a slow start there in the first quarter. I saw Coach O had some funny comments about the te- you know, what he said to the team there um, after the first quarter. So that was kind of cool um, for them to come back and win. I mean, they just really, really, like you said, took care of business. They have two more games this week, but they'll be in great shape so that's really i did see rob a couple other things you know they they were what receiving votes in the poll uh in the ap poll this week and they were again the last team in on the bracketology line uh for this week's espn poll so i I guess that means they they have the same record as drexel now so i i i'm guessing that means they're the second place team in the conference headed into the tournament, right? But I don't really know how that works. Yeah, I don't, I don't and know. There's really games. They got a higher yeah, up. Yeah, game. their, their archive went up from the one over Drexel, so that was good. Mm-hmm. So that's really good. Um, other women's sports news, big win to, tonight, today, for softball. Uh, always good to beat the Wahoos and sort of took them out behind the woodshed this afternoon. Uh, good news there was Alexis Bermudez, the transfer pitcher, won her fourth game in a row. I, I, I've sort of been in and out on, in terms of my ability to watch and, and follow softball so far this year and been really nervous that pitcher behind CC. And it's nice to see the transfer from Bethune-Cookman, you know, step it up a little bit. So, Which is big because CC's really, hurt, is she not? Yeah, yeah. And, and just, you know, I mean, for Bermuda, it's coming from a, um, a MEAC school, you know, maybe it's just taken her a while to get – get her feet under her a little bit against some tougher competition. I don't know. Um, I, I certainly don't know her, you know, who, what she did before, but this is really good news. And Sarah Jubas won the conference player of the week, I think already the second time this year. So, you know, good stuff from the softball team. It's nervy times for them. I mean, as always, they're going to probably be fine in conference play, um, but they just, that's what they got to find some other pitching. Yeah, they really so, do. Um, you know, it's, I, I think it just goes to show how good Ford and, and good were over the past couple of years that I think oh, people maybe took them. I mean, people seem to recognize particularly good. The fan base has come around to the point where everybody knew how great she was, you know, you know, what, what a kind of transcendent athlete she was in terms of being right. at JMU. Um, but that really makes all the difference in softball. You can ride yeah. a hot pitcher all the way, you know, through the, all the way. Yeah. Um, so it's tough. I mean, they ran into that uh, UCLA last year. That yep. one girl just kind of took over, but it'll be tough. I mean, CC is good, but she's not quite that 
All-American player of the year type caliber um, person. So they need other people to step up. But like you said, it's kind of all just gravy at this point. It's preparing for the CA play and then trying to win that and earn your way into the NCAA that way. And I think, you know, this is an interesting couple of years ahead. I mean, it's certainly an interesting season and off season ahead for Coach Laporte. Uh, you know, the, the Ford and good turned JMU into something that they have never been. Yeah. Right. Really that no CAA program has ever been, um, which is, you know, they had, like you said, they had an all American level player in the circle when they had either one of those two on the mound. And in that sport, that one position, that one player makes all the difference. Yeah. You know, they've had great contributions from offensive players through the years. I don't mean to discount that, but that takes you to the next level. Yeah. And, it, you know, they're going to have to find, show that they can find some of those again. And, you know, they, they've, I mean, good feels like, the, still feels like the luckiest thing that ever happened, right? I mean, you're, it's your local kid <laughs> coming to the program. So who knows, but. Good, good win for them tonight, and, and good luck to them as they kind of get turn the corner here. They're really headed towards conference play now. Uh, and then the last piece of news, Rob, I think it was official this week, right, that um, – I don't know if we talked about this, but um, Cliff Wood was officially took over kind of the leadership role of the Duke Club, which is the Senior Associate Athletics Director for Development. That's the big fundraising role. Um, I couldn't be happier about this. I think I've talked to Cliff a couple of times. Um, I certainly not close personal friends or anything. Don't, don't know him that well, but guy who's, you know, I think proven over the years that he's heavily invested in the programs, not only, you know, personally, but just, just, just as a fan, um, it's kind of good to have somebody. I mean, I know, I know he's probably going to have to stop being such a fan, but, but at the same time, uh, kind of a, you know, I got no problem with this. Oh no, that's great. And, he, and he's really, got an impressive track really record. Pleased. Um, yeah, it completely bleeds, bleeds purple, and I know that's kind of a played-out phrase, but this is a guy who mm-hmm. really, really um, is passionate about the school and has great success over the course of his career. So he's in a good spot uh, for the school, and all of us as fans should be excited. Yep, I'm going to talk to one of his guys on this Friday as they all uh, come up here and, and canvas the Northern Virginia region in advance of the men's tournament, uh, which could be a short mm-hmm. trip. <laughs> so. In that, with that in mind, Rob, do you want to uh, explain tonight's main topic here? Well, let's let's just kind of lay it out here. There's no way to characterize this season of Jamie men's basketball as anything other than disappointment. Um, um, there is another way to characterize yeah, it. I mean, it, <laughs> pure horseshit. Yeah. I mean, we're just being being kind. But I, right. I've been a Jamie fan long enough that I wasn't counting on them necessarily winning it all, you know, or like winning mm-hmm. the league. But I did think that with the talent on this, on this roster, they, they'd be in that top four range, you know, like they'd yeah. be like in the same sort of level as the good Brady years, which is kind of saying something that here we are hoping for, a, for a Brady type situation, which right, right, we're right. trying to get over the hump. So anyway, we're going to talk about other disappointments related to Jamie sports. And, and we didn't really bind this that much. It, it could be teams, games, athletes, whatever. But we'll, we'll just talk about some of our biggest personal disappointments um, as JMU yeah. sports fans. You could call these the uh, the, the Road Dillard Awards. Yeah, <laughs> right? um, yeah I, I, def- I definitely. I mean, this men's team, and I, I don't know if you saw, this is a stupid thing, but the ESPN had their four like college, bat- college hoops people pick all the conference tournaments, like all 30 yeah. tournaments. And there were only two tournaments where there was no consensus, right? Where there was, like, uh, all four people picked a different team to win the tournament. 
Uh, one was the Big Ten, which has been, I think everybody knows, has been, you know, sort of uber competitive. Not necessarily it's not saying the ceiling is that high, as high as sometimes it's this year. But you could make cases. I think somebody did make cases for Illinois, Ohio State, Maryland, it, you know, a bunch of different teams. And the CAA was the only other conference where they picked four different teams. I think somebody picked Charleston, Hofstra, Delaware, and William and Mary. Um, and I think there's another team there. I don't even know who they're forgetting that's in the top five that I would have potentially put in there too. Um, so it's just really frustrating. Yeah, I think it probably yeah, was Towson. But hot. it's just really frustrating because the conference turned out exactly like we thought it would this year, which is a real crapshoot. Yeah. You know, and not really a head and shoulder. There wasn't a team like Charleston's been the last couple of years or, you know, in past years. Some of those Paseca Northeastern teams. Yeah, 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 exactly. There wasn't a real, like, front running or, or, you know, even if they didn't win the regular season outright, just a team that you're like, that team's really good. Well, even Hofstra lost last week to Towson. Yeah, (laughs) you know. So this is a year that really anybody with a pulse could go to D.C. this weekend and and feel like they have a chance. Um, Unfortunately, the Dukes – the Dukes were pronounced dead a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, and, so. and it's just, I mean, we don't need to believe in this. We've talked about it in the past. I'm just incredibly disappointed the way the entire Roe era has worked out. I, I didn't understand yeah. the decision. Uh, I thought it was kind of a weird thing to go from an experienced coach to handing it over to a first-time coach with the logic that, you know, this is going to take the next level. Um, even though I didn't get it, I was pulling for him as hard as anybody I've, I've, yeah, I've ever were. rooted for like I, I uh-huh. really yeah, we I love, love him. him. He's a great guy. We, we can, I mean, whatever you've heard, you've heard the spiel before, Todd. But yeah. man, it it just it's really sad the way it worked, the way it's worked out, and the way we think it's probably going to go next week. It's it's not fun for anybody. No, and this is in the dork um, sort of blog Twitter sphere st- world that we live in sometimes. Um, but I saw the mid major madness account, the SB Nation group put together a list this week of like sleeping giants yeah. and JMU was right at the top for all the reasons we always talk about, which is how are we so bad? I spent the weekend with um, some old JMU friends this week, Rob, who don't follow day to day the way that mm-hmm. we do. And the question came up twice, just how are we so bad when we're so good at everything yeah. else? <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, like they're like, I hear about us all the time. And I mean, obviously everyone follows football, but they're like, I hear about softball and lacrosse and, you know baseball whatever it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense so who knows um so with that we will go into the row dillard awards um we're gonna try to do at least three each with a bunch of honorable mentions rob you want to start us off wherever wherever you want since we're talking about hoops i I gotta go do you remember the hot dog game in 2010 against george mason (laughs) i forgot this is is a decade old at this point but uh, this was an 82-71 loss to George Mason. And you're like, oh, what's the big deal? Well, it was one of those years. I think it was Brady's second year. They had Denzel yeah. Bowles for the first year. Uh-huh. He transferred from Texas A&M. They had Julius Wells, who'd been on the All-CA rookie team the year before. Still had Pierre mm-hmm. Curtis. Um, but then they lost to Von Moore and Andre Seminoff to season-ending injuries. And it just mm-hmm. was one of those things. Like it, it kind of summarized the Brady error in a lot of ways where um, – <laughs> They were competitive. You know, they had prior under Keener, they were not competitive uh-huh. with the top teams. And this was back uh-huh. when, I don't know about you, like, I really cared about beating Mason in basketball. That was a, that was yeah. a big deal to me. Like, I, I got yep. hyped for these games. I wanted to beat them. I was extremely upset when Jamie lost. And this was one, yep. you know, like, we had seen flashes in, in Brady's first year. Like, wow, this team could actually 
turned the corner. And mm-hmm. this was a game where Mason was up by like 15 points. And JMU had crawled back to, I think, pull within like four under five right. minutes. Mason went to the line. This was a game at the convo. And then some dummy threw a hot dog onto the stand, uh, onto the court. And the wheels just came off. It was like technical foul. Mason hit the free throws. Mason scored. And it was just like completely stunned. Um, I also looked up. There were like 5,600 people in the combo that day. I feel like this was coming out of the Keener years. So it wasn't just me and you that were excited about the potential of of the Brady years. But for this, like the game itself, I remember just being frustrated to the point of like almost being enraged. Because I thought it was going to be one of these things where it's like, wow, a completely injured and beaten up JMU team is going to get over the hump. They're finally going to beat Mason. Oh, we're going to start to do things. And it just, it, it was like every other JMU game of the past 10 years right. where you can point to like single moments in most of the seasons where had they gotten a bounce or had somebody stayed healthy or, you know, they just held on to a lead. You think what, what might've been. And then maybe that conversation we were just having, is a little bit different. It isn't like what is uh-huh. wrong with them, but I really just, this one to me, it just it symbolizes how I kind of feel like Jamie basketball has just been under a black cloud for the past 20 yeah, years. And just yeah. weird stuff like this happens. Or think back to like Rose, was it Rose's second year when they were playing so well and they kept having the leads late and they were blowing these like eight point leads with 75 seconds to go and stuff like that. It's just weird stuff happens to this program. I think a year or two right. after this game was when everybody got injured, including Brady. You know, like yeah. he blew his Achilles. I went to the tournament that year and it was like the walking wounded. You know, it was like Hump- Humpty yep. Hitchens and a bunch of guys with like bandaged up legs. It was, uh-huh. so I don't know, this game in and of itself <laughs> drove me yeah. mad, but it's almost like this is the one I point to. And I'm like, the, the program, I don't believe in curses, but if right. I did believe in curses, damn you hoops would, be, would have one sort of thing. Right, right. <laughs> oh, that one's rough. Yeah. I forgot about the hot dog game. <laughs> I think we actually did. We talk, we like send a hot dog to Larry. I don't or something know. At Brian's I, I think Grill, so. the next yeah, game. I, yeah, think so. I don't even know. Anyways, um, that's pretty good. So, since you're talking about Mason, I guess I'll talk about uh, the one thing I had that was Mason related on here, uh, which is not actually sports specific. Um, but one of my biggest disappointments was the day that Mason went to the A10. Um, yeah, I you know I this memory has kind of softened a little bit or this disappointment has softened a little bit over the years just with all the success that JMU football has had at the one double a level but man you know the ODU when ODU left the conference it was kind of like okay like they started up football and obviously this was their plan all along um you know it was a disappointment on that day because there was some hope at that time that JMU was going to go with them them, right but but it still wasn't I wasn't like a hundred percent sold yet that it had to be done, I guess. Um, When Mason left the conference, that was the day that I really lost my mind in in terms of just being really depressed and upset with JMU and feeling like the world had passed us by and there was nothing else left for, I mean, I just was so just, I mean, you just look around the conference, you're like, what are we here for? Yeah, it it was weird. Right. That was a really rough day for me. Um, as I said, it's, it's softened over the years because I don't know, you know, I think the A-10, the A-10, Mason would do the A-10 again in a, every day, I'm sure, even though it hasn't been very kind to men's hoops. But um, at least it's a, it's aligned with their interests. You know, it's, it's in line with their interests, right? I, I, I but, continue to yeah. say that 
Bridgeforth killed CA hoops. When, when, when we expanded that stadium as a fan base, mm-hmm. it just put a glaring spotlight on the fact that football was, was pulling away from the, the core hoop schools, mainly VCU and George Mason. And, and I think yeah. they saw the investments that JMU was making, um, e- even like ODU at the time, and they started to feel like they had to be in a conference that was going to be focused purely on hoops and their best interests. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it certainly worked out for VCU. Um, yeah, they're kind of. A I mean, pro- I don't blame yeah, any They're of kind them, of right? printing a lot large team. I don't know if it worked out for Mason. I mean, they'll, they'll tell you it will because mm-hmm. oh, a ten's a great conference or anything. But have they been to the tournament once since they made? No. Yeah, I mean, like they have. Uh, they had high hopes this year, and they had some rough injuries themselves. And I don't know. I mean, it's it's cool. It's a nice conference. It's a lot of history, and you've yeah. certainly got the potential for multiple bids. So if you want to say that right. you're a hoops focused athletic program, by all means, yeah, you should be in that but they haven't really taken advantage of it. No, they haven't, but I will, they do those, those checks for the unit yeah, shares cash, true. right? And the uh, ATN and, puts three or four teams in the tournament and, every year and, and then to, divides the revenue. to play against a Dayton, you know, a top four Dayton team in Fairfax. Is, even though they yeah, lost. Yeah, get to play know, Davidson the last few yeah. years, VCU all the time. I mean, certainly the, the fact that they went with Richmond and VCU, you know, that's pretty appealing for them, yeah. right? That they're playing St. Joe's. I mean, these teams are relevant. To yeah, them. I don't question the move at um, all. I just think that yeah. the fact that they haven't, they've never really been able to get out of, of I guess, not Laranaga's shadow, but you know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah. They, they, oh, no, no. They, they, the 2006 reigns over yeah. yeah. And I think Paulson's a very good coach. And and mm-hmm. I think they kind of got snake bit this year with injuries. But I don't know. It, it certainly makes sense from a conference perspective, but it's got to be frustrating on some level. That with all those out, at large opportunities, they, they've never even been in position to really even be on the bubble or consideration for one. But yeah. whatever. I mean, good good luck to them. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, that, that was disappointing. That was that was rough because then it was like, what are we doing here? And then with you know, Elon has turned out to be a pretty good conference mate. But at the time, I was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> like right. I was used, I enjoyed the hoops rivalry. I liked having you know an easy away game every year, and thankfully yep. they've, they've picked that up again. But yeah, that was a tough one too. It was tough, just when, like you said, JMU kind of the JMU killed the CAA by building Bridgeport, yeah. and then JMU is the only team left in the CAA that had any greater aspirations. <laughs> like at the time, it felt like what the yeah. hell? Like yeah. So, anyways, all right. Well, what's next for you? Um, I'm gonna go with a 2011 regular season JMU football game. <laughs> of course you are. Well, this one you'll agree with me. You'll. I'm gonna make yeah. you angry just for bringing oh. this up. Main 25, JMU 24. It. I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. Oh, the two-point two point conversion. conversion. Not, not oh. only was it a two-point conversion, for people that don't remember, people that Blue had, Mountain Brewery, I was had like, better oh, things God, to do yeah. in 2011. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. JMU was number six at the time. Maine was number 19. Maine was a good team, but it was a home right. game. This was still kind of in the, the good part of the Mickey Matthews era where JMU didn't lose home CAA games that often. No. Nope. Um, they lost in OT on some stupid old, like, swinging gate trick play two-point conversion where, like, the QB lines up why You know the you know what I'm talking about? Yep. Oh, yeah. No, that's exactly what yeah. it was. And it's just yep. – it, it was nuts. I mean, they salvaged the season at the time. I was like, yep. thought the world was ending. And, oh, my gosh, they're going to – I think Jace Edwards played QB that day. <laughs> um, yeah. But they went on their route. I think they end up going and went on the road with the whole bid gate situation. Remember they went to Eastern Kentucky? And yep. then ultimately lost in the Fargo Dome. Um, yeah. And oh, that was disappointing. Another start, start of, of the first 
Bison thing. First home, first first game of the Bison yeah. run. Yeah. But that, that um, game just drove me nuts. And I know it's just a regular season game, and ultimately Jamie still went to the playoffs and everything. Um, they got a tough draw, yeah. obviously. <laughs> yeah. Gonna say. But I, just the way they lost at home drove me crazy. Because uh-huh. like I said before, like they, they just didn't lose home games under Mickey. But to lose on yep. one of those fluky, stupid plays in OT. And didn't they blow a lead late? Or, or am I making that up? I think, no, no, they definitely yeah. did. Yeah. It felt like they had that game under control and then they didn't let go. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, that team had a lot of talent. That was like Stefan Robertson, Daquan Scott, yeah. Jordan Anderson. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it was the year after the Tech. Yeah. The tech win, things... Right. And they were sort of, we felt like, oh, okay, things are on the up, you know, things are trending upward. And yeah. Oh, that was brutal. Yeah, that was a. It felt like such a fluky way to lose. Like, and Thorpe was suspended, a... wasn't he? Was that why Edwards was yeah, starting? Right. I think because Thorpe, right. Thorpe yeah. started at the Fargo Dome. Thorpe's on my honorable mention list. Yeah, well, <laughs> it could be mine too. So, oh, so yeah. that game stood out as being a, a bit of a gut punch for me. I like that one. Yeah, I, I put. I thought about three different football games mm-hmm. here. Um, I think personally, the two that were the hardest for me to get over were NDSU two. So the first Frisco NDSU game. Um, the twenty. The twenty seventeen. Season the 2017, 18, yes. yeah, the tw- January 2018. That one is, and and just a couple months after going through it again, that one st- still still bothers me more than this year's game. Me too. This um, year's game was was frustrating. I mean, anytime you lose in a championship, it's frustrating and sad and so on and so forth. Right. But I really, really feel like Jane, you gave the first one, the second one away. The, the, yeah, the first, the first one, first um, Yeah, that's a, that should have been a back to back champ team. And yeah, that's that's a really frustrating one. And I still think Riley didn't fumble, but I, I do too. And then um, I think the one that hurt me the most personally, which is not the one I'm going to choose tonight, but is uh, was the Montana 08 game. Um, just in the sense that I believed that team, like I truly believed until the last second of that game that they were going to win the national championship, um, the way everything had gone that season. And I'd kind of talk myself into it. We were brand new, you know, ticket people and going to games people. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that one really hurt. But the one I wanted to talk about tonight, as far as being most disappointing, is actually the App State 07. That's, game. That was on my list as well. Oh, okay, yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, this, I, I looked it back up tonight in the recap and stuff, and it drives me nuts on so many levels. I mean, it's always been the one, you know, how I feel about fourth down stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, Jamie, you gave the game away. Right, they were winning. They had two score lead with, I don't know, ten minutes to go, and they end up giving the game away. They lose by one to on the road in Boone to what would become the three-time champs. Yeah, this was the uh, Jace Edwards. I mean, not the not yeah. the Jace, um, no the Armani Edwards. Armani Edwards. Yeah, yeah, and actually Rodney was the quarterback for JMU yep. at the time. Um, the problem in this game is twofold. What it's that it's always driven me nuts. So JMU. App State kind of got their momentum. They were coming back in the game. JMU was up 27-22 with 451. They decided to go for a fourth and one on their own 31 with like 235 to go in the game is what it was. And they get stopped. And the thing that drove me nuts was everybody went nuts at Mickey for years about this. And I never thought it was – I I think his thought was if we make this play, the game's over. And do I, would I rather have Rodney Landers for one yard or punt and 
see what my defense does against Armani Edwards with 235 to go. And it was you know, I don't hate that decision. And the thing that sucked about it is, so App scores right away. Jamie gets the ball. They march down the field. And they march down the field. And they're at the nine-yard line with, what, two, I don't even, 22 seconds left in the game. They're first and goal at the nine. And they're just going to run a play because they've got a timeout. Yeah. So they're going to run a play just to run some more clock down and call the timeouts, kick an easy field goal, and they fumble. Yeah. And, and so the game gets remembered for the Mickey call, even though they probably should have gotten away with it, right? Well, it's tough I because mean, I, not... I, I still get annoyed at the notion of, oh, my gosh, we gave the ball up the 31-yard line. But if you look at the numbers, it, it probably yeah. was the right call analytically. Like Belichick... Yeah, you want to put Armani Edwards on the 40 or on the 31? Yeah. Like, is it, you know, like, yeah. Well, like, like the win probability, if you convert that, the win probability probably goes like 99% or something like that. Exactly. Belichick did something like that at Monday Night Football a couple of years ago. And everybody's freaking yep. out. But if you run the numbers, it is the right thing. It's counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it is, is the right thing. But just, they still could have won. That's what was frustrating. They still could have won. That was what was so and frustrating is everybody seems to like, forget Like, I don't want to blow the guy up, but I believe they handed the ball off to a freshman as well. And I don't need, I don't want to go back in and yeah. start naming names because it's not anybody's fault. And goodness no. only knows that probably still hurts the guy who did it. Yeah. Um, but that's one of those yeah. things. Like, you can just, just kick the damn field goal, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't, yeah, that one, that one was brutal. That was definitely on my list. Yeah, and it was weird. JMU had run a they had run a fake field goal in that game to score a touchdown. Um, Scotty McGee had blocked a convert a point after in that game. Like it was a great performance from a lot of. And JMU I want to say they and, held App State to like three hundred yards, and that was an explosive App State team. It was it was a really good performance by JMU on and the it, road. And, the, and I think the the most disappointing thing, it also came a year after the Youngstown loss with the bad spot. Yeah. Um. So we were all kind of, I don't know. We just, I just felt punch drunk after that yeah. game. Like, yeah. So that was, those were my football disappointments. I well, guess. I had one more honorable mention for football. And yeah. That was the loss to Coastal Carolina. Do you remember that Oof. with the Riscotti's yeah. senior year? Yeah. Or was it his, no, it was his junior year? Sean Clear. It was his junior year. Yeah. Wasn't that the chicken kicking people or something? No, it like was just kicking the Duke dog. It was oh. just, it was yeah. the year after they won the championship, if I remember correctly. And, yep. I was just like, who the hell is Coastal Carolina? They turned out to be a pretty good program that has since moved on. But it just was kind of – it was one that got away. And Mickey, for all – Mickey was, was great. You and I have gone on the record saying we hope he yeah. comes back and he's he's honored the way he should be. For people that don't remember the end of the – Come on the pod, Mickey. Yeah, for people that don't remember the <laughs> end of the Mickey years, it was very different. Uh-huh. We're like, you know, the first six six or so years – his teams were always prepared. They might they might have lost games, always. but they very rarely lost games they shouldn't have. And I, fe- oh. I felt like Coastal Carolina was one they absolutely shouldn't have lost. And that was it was so exciting coming out of the championship year and like, oh, we're going to go get them. And then it was just like, womp, womp, and they, they lose this game that they shouldn't have. Um, mm-hmm. But then in terms of just yeah, kind of cool. overall Jamie disappointments, I think I've spoken yeah. to you about this before in the past, but yeah, the I whole Cook coming. and Andre Nation not – not finishing yeah, it out. Yeah, like, that was top of mind. You know, that, top of mind for to me. To me, like, and it gets to what I was talking about and how there's so many moments over the past 15 years of the Jamie basketball where you do the what if and like, oh, if they could just have done this or, you know, if Simoff didn't get hurt or if Wells didn't have the heart problem or if, you know, whatever, Denzel just, 
you know, committed a little more defense or something. Yeah. But the big yeah. one is that that class, and, and even Bessick. I know Bessick transferred. People kind of forgot him. But Taylor Bessick got a pretty good uh-huh. freshman year. That, yeah, those four. Yeah, that that yeah, freshman were... class of Bessick, Cook, Nation, and uh, Ron Curry, Curry was just fantastic. And I know they, they played a major role. It was weird because they were freshmen, so they were super young. But I think Jamie had the oldest team in the country that year because, remember, um, AJ was like 24, yeah, AJ 25. was older. Devon had had a medical red shirt or, or maybe even uh-huh. two. Seminoff was like Seminoff. <laughs> 38. Uh, he actually redshirted that year. He got hurt. That's another thing. Just oh, yeah, yeah. The fact that he couldn't participate in the NCAA tournament kind of guts me. Right. Um, but I, I remember having conversations with people being like, how many tournaments do you think this freshman class will end up playing in? I think we talked we, we, about And everybody's that. like, well, at, sure well we you know, at least two. You know, they might not make yep. it sophomores, but they're they're definitely going to win the CAA, you know, at least junior or senior One year. of those yeah, two yeah. years, yeah. And it really – I don't think people understand how talented that team was. And then Cook, if you if you believe the, the rumors, he got frustrated with the whole situation and the back and forth and the constant drama around the team. So he transferred to Dayton and ended up having a tremendous career and even, I think, had like a two-way yeah, contract with the Pelicans for a while. Um, yeah. Curry turned out to be a fantastic ball player for JMU, but if that if that core four could have stayed together, um, yeah. and maybe put been in a situation where Brady didn't have the lame duck year, yeah. it's it's hard not to think what might have been. And that just to me as no. a JMU basketball fan is is the biggest disappointment by far. Yeah, when you came up with this topic, um, I, the first thing I wrote was number one nation. Yeah, right. Because I think we all know it's you know it seems to have been, you know. Uh, struggles a lot of people have away from uh, away from the university and the court yeah. that that really brought that brought him down and then ultimately brought that whole group down and it's just really it's it is it's just purely disappointing and sad yeah. there's nothing you know nothing good to say yeah, about and it's, it. it's not even just like that, sports disappointment it's like really kind of pulls at your heartstrings so i think to see all of the potential those guys could have had, how much fun they had playing together and then to yeah. see how you know, I mean, I don't think Nation even ended up finishing school anywhere. It just, it just no, seems like. I was thinking about, I mean, Nation, the, the, the finish at the end of the, the Delaware game, semi against Delaware. And then, you know, Rich and I making that trip out to Dayton for the IU, for the Indiana game in the first round. And the one moment, you know, you, you go and you're, you're the 16 seed and you kind of hope to have one or two chances, mm-hmm. right? To, to jump out of your seat and be excited. Um, you know, I mean, the dream is to you know, get a halftime lead and get on TV, yeah. right? Yeah, UMBC. But I think you mostly go into it thinking, you know, hope we get a couple moments to jump up and down. And there was an alley-oop to Nation, you know, and even the Indiana fans were like, oh, you know. Yeah, like, he, he did not um, look scared. He looked completely. No, I mean, in, athletically, yeah. him and Davis both being on that team. And that it was like, wow, this is and what. that was the Oladipo you know, team they were playing against, wasn't it? And it was. Oladipo and Zeller, Zeller. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's not a real team. I, they had a third guy even, I think. But, yeah, I mean, that, that was, um, yes. It's just that that's a, it's a sad thing because, I mean, it never, you just thought, who knows? You'll never know, right? I mean, we all thought Brady was gone, and then they make the tournament, and so Brady's not gone, and now you're thinking, wow, this is really something here in this program. Yeah. And a couple months later, it's all It's all just falling apart. Smoke. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my, my, my other one, Rob, was, um, was game three against LSU yeah. for softball a couple years ago. The home um, game? 
the home game, the super regional. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't have particularly vivid memories of individual plays, but I remember when they won game two and for anybody that didn't pay attention, it's the, it's very, I mean, it's extremely rare for a team outside of the power conferences to host a super regional in softball. Uh, So first of all, it's even, it's extremely rare for a team outside of the power conferences to advance to a super regional home or road in softball. (laughs) Anybody out of the SEC or Pac-12. Pac-12, right. And to host it against a program like LSU is almost unprecedented. I mean, it's, it's, it happens like once every four or five years nationwide. Mm -hmm. Um, So for JMU to get that opportunity. And as we talked about, I think at the start of this show, that was the one team that had good and forward both dealing, mm-hmm. right? Both healthy and playing and great. And, you know, they were an inning or two away, you know, a, a big hit or two away from a College World Series appearance, um, which would just be incredible. And, that, and you've really felt like with that team, if they took those two pitchers to a double elimination tournament, not to a – you know, any kind of single elimination tournament, but took them to Oklahoma city, they really would have been a tough out. Um, and, you know, that was, I, I mean, it's hard to look back and say that's disappointing because it's, I mean, what, how can you be disappointed with the best season in JMU softball history, but to get to that game three, win game two, the way they did and really think like, okay, we're at home and that's what we were, you know, that's what we, we get the home field for game three. And, you know, obviously Ford, with the um, overflow seating they brought in. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, I mean, now they've added to it. And, and they ended the game with, you know, they got forward to the plate at the end of the game. So couldn't ask for anything more. But um, that one was rough just because you thought this is a – I mean, I, in the end, I think it didn't – you know, JMU, I think, has, has sustained their excellence in that program. And so nationally you see them getting a little respect around the country um, even now post Megan and Jalen, but the, you know, if they go to the college world series, that's like a whole nother, it just felt like that could be a program changing thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and they might even break through the way that lacrosse did where, where they, if we knew if they could just get there, they might have a chance, you yeah. know? So that was a tough one, but I think that was about my last one. I was, I had, I had JT on here, um, but I, I don't know. He, he seems to have turned out to be a pretty decent guy after JMU and everything. And maybe he was never cut out to be the starting quarterback for, for the Dukes. Well, I mean, and um, he, he always was looking over his shoulder, too. And it was, yeah, was. I mean, and that was a weird time. It was time. a weird time. There was, every year it was like, is it going to be him or is it going to be Dudzik? And both of them, I feel like. Birdsong yeah, Birdsong or whoever. Yeah, it, was just, yeah. it was an odd situation. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you had any other honorable mentions, Rob, but I like the main and the hot no, those two. <laughs> it just the weird ones get me. The weird ones, like the, the things that I can kind of pass off as fluky, it just kind yeah. of they irk. They just irk me and make me think like, oh, you know, it, every game comes down to one or two plays. But when it's so obviously something like that, a stupid trick. Who's play. the team? Who's the team they almost lost to in football? The the win that feels like uh, Bloomsburg. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, as far as wins go, that's the yeah. one. <laughs> right? Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. There have been some, some close ones back in the day. That's what, uh, well, who knows? Yeah. Well, what do you th- what, so, Rob, I guess we should pick winners for this weekend. Um, you, you think JMU's got any kind of a shot 
playing Elon, who they've lost to twice this year on Saturday. Elon, Elon's mm-hmm. not bad, as their record would indicate. They play tough. I, I don't know. Like it, This season, <laughs> disappointing is, is putting it mildly. It's made me kind of turned off to the league. Like I've watched JMU. I, haven't, I didn't just completely give up, but I haven't really paid attention to the league writ large mm-hmm. because I just I'm, no. I'm kind of sick of it. Um, We're almost rooting for William & Mary this year. Yeah, I I do kind of feel like Nathan Knight is going to have his moment. Between him yeah. and Riller, they're the guys that I think uh-huh. are, are capable of taking the team and just taking over for four days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think Hofstra's vulnerable. I don't I don't know. I just they got a little bit of a snake bit <laughs> thing too for that program. I mean, they last do. time they went to the tournament, Jay Wright was coach. If you think back to that, uh-huh. it was two thousand one, and they've had contending teams. Most years, yeah, Charles Jenkins. Yeah, I mean they've had Julius Wright players. I mean they've had <laughs> right, really, right. really good players, but something oh. bad always seems to happen. But you can say the same thing about William and Mary. Um, but I, I think Nathan Knight's gonna be the difference. I, I just think that he is so skilled. If if you haven't watched him play, he's a huge guy. He's kind of a throwback big man in a lot of ways. You can play down low, but he's a double double machine. He's he's a ni- just nightmare matchup in the CAA. Um, right. But I also think Riller, we've seen what Riller's done in the tournament the past couple yeah, years. Yeah, Charleston. And they've got the experience. Yeah, so... I mean, he has the experience of having done this a couple times. So, I kind of think if you got to choose one of those two, I'm going uh-huh. with Riller because William & Mary is... I mean, they're, they're legitimately cursed. I believe in curses when it comes to William & Mary. Yeah. That's one of, the, one of the, the final four teams of the original team. Final three? Final three? Northwestern, Northwestern has broken yeah. through, right? Was it them? Army? Well, Army, William & Mary, and I don't know who... Who else is there? Sure. I forget. Um, yeah. But whatever. They never made the tournament. I don't. It would be kind of ironic if they did after huge fired Shaver and everybody thought the world was ending. And here they are. Yeah. You know, coach is coach. It is weird that Jamie, you think, I don't, I don't want to spend any real time on this, Rob, but you said Elon plays hard. I wish JMU were, were playing a team that was more talented, actually. Yeah. <laughs> like, Elon, like the one team they've swept this year is JMU yeah. because they just play smarter and harder than JMU. Yeah. They're not more talented. No. Like in some ways, I wish JMU was playing a team that got their attention a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, like if JMU could somehow upset them in the before the sparse crowd on Saturday, um, I'd actually feel a little better about JMU playing William & Mary on Sunday, at least in the sense that they'd probably – I would be confident they would bring their effort, right, against the top Well, they teams. certainly did you in know. the home finale. You know, they, they, played, yeah, they, they played pretty so. good basketball. But then it, after yeah. that, it was like the air came out of the balloon. Mm-hmm. They really didn't look like their heart was in it the past couple of games. No, and I do hate that this tournament I, – I, I mean, I, we're doing this with flow sports. Yeah. Like, uh, it's just so frustrating. And because, then CBS Sports, so it's a Tuesday yeah, night. well, and now it's a Tuesday final – so they've moved the start – like, the crappy games are on Saturday. Like, it just really sucks for the teams that are good. Not only Saturday. Right? Because the quarter Saturday night. Like, for me, like yeah, – Well, I don't even – You, you yeah, want to go I, during the day. To me, that's the fun. Like, you go during the day, and then you can go out to dinner, hit the bars afterwards, or, like, have, like, a nightcap game. But um, the excitement build throughout the day, you know, have, like, the lower seats yeah. play. But the fact that they moved the – the final to a Tuesday so that it could be on CBS Sports is just there. Well, and the worst thing is that it pushes the other games all back. Like, yeah. I hate, like, fr- if you're doing Pillow Fight Friday where nobody can come and it's a sparse crowd, that's fine with yeah. you. Yeah. 
But if you're one of the good, like William Mary, they play their first game of the tournament. So if you're a tribe fan and you're looking for the first bid in William Mary history, your first game is Sunday at 6 p.m. in the quarters. So you don't even get to come up if you're a student or a alum. You don't get to come up on Saturday, have the whole day of four games, kind of have fun at the tournament, and do a nice dinner with the hell friends. out of JMU yeah. or Elon, hang out with your friends, go to the semis on Sunday, you know, and then you know figure out if you can make it back on Monday or not for the late final, you know. But at least you get a weekend of fun hoops. I mean, now you're coming in. I mean, that's no fun. They're not going to come on. They're just going to come up Sunday during. I mean, I don't even know if I'd want to come right for a six p.m. game on Sunday. No. No, and then you have to go to work or to school on Monday. Like, and then you don't get to the championship. I mean, I, I don't know. It it's just, just it's, no, I, I agree. With I you. mean, like, if you're not a Towson fan or a local DC fan of one of the other teams, there's just no chance of you making this, making these games on Monday and Tuesday. Um, certainly the semis are going to suck on Monday, right? I mean, people drop everything, get to the final if their team's playing for the tournament a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. No, but, I think it's much easier for like to, to make a weekend out of it be like, you know what? I'm going to go down Friday yeah. morning, have Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday. Uh, maybe yeah. I'll delay, you know, stick around and drive mm-hmm. back to Long Island on, on Monday night. Right. If we with, make it all the way yeah, on Monday or I'll drive back I to Philly be there for the final. Yeah. Right. But like, yeah. Like you said, to come down for a Sunday night game, and then you're, yeah. you by default, you're skipping work Monday. And then yeah. to wait all the way to like, I don't know. It's just, it's a messed up schedule. Think about our own experience in 13, yeah. right? The last Richmond Coliseum. You know, I went down, I did that, right? I went down to stay with Nelly and kind of spend the weekend. Yeah. And it was like, all right, we're going to go to all the games and just have like a hoops junkie day on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And it'll be fun in the quarters, you know? And then, and then they win. And so you're like, well, I'm definitely going on Sunday. So you go yeah. Sunday afternoon. And then I actually went home, went to work. We all drove back Monday. And drove back on Monday yeah. night with you, right, to get there for the, for the championship game. Um, yeah, this is just miserable. <laughs> just to put it on, like, as you said, just to put it on CBS Sports Network after the first round is on Flow Sports Pay. Yeah. Right? Well, I'll, like, I'll I'm tell not you even, this. If I don't go on Saturday, I'm not going to get to watch the game. My high school <laughs> had a better television deal than the CAA. I was going to say, PBI is playing in the Virginia State Championship. <laughs> but they also, I mean, you could catch them many times on CBS Sports Network throughout the year. Um, yes. I, I seriously <laughs> think my high school had more nationally televised games than any CAA school. So, yeah, um, no. it's not not the best deal. And, and the fact that they're, we paid for Flow Sports so that, the schools could get revenue to buy games on CBS. Um, yeah. Like, oh. I just, I don't know what they did to ESPN. ESPN will broadcast any other conference final, it seems. Um, well, what they did is clearly the folks up there at Drexel didn't want to pay for the damn, whatever the equipment yeah, level they need yeah, is. It's, right? it's a mess. But... Oh, but anyways, well, that, that'll be enough of our disappointing. So, so we pick, we pick in Charleston, I guess we're picking Charleston. Are we picking Charleston? I, I think I'm picking – yeah, I, I'll say this. It, it, usually these tournaments, it's got to be one of the top four, yeah. I think. Right? It's definitely got to be one of the top six who has a bye. Um, I think Towson can knock somebody off. I don't see Towson winning it. That's how I am. I think – yeah, I think Riller to me is the difference. Yeah. Right? It's just if I have to look at this and say these things usually come down to who has best play, who's the best player on the court. Um, because people are tired come the last, the final, they played three days in a row. And at some point talent just takes over and 
you know, William Mary could get hot. I, I kind of, I think I'll be pulling for him for my brother's sake and his friends. Um, that's, but that's yeah, a I think lot I, of pressure. That's a lot, it's a lot of pressure. I feel like Hoster's under that kind of pressure too. Yeah. They're having this, like all this coverage in New York about first time since forever, 19 years yeah. and all this stuff. And no, I, I agree. I think, um, you know, unless Charleston is, is really put off by the travel this year after having played basically after getting the VCU the last, treatment. Yeah, right. The last few years. Yeah. I mean, talent wise, I think that it will be interesting to see how this DC thing works out if, if it matters at all. Um, you know, it could go one of two ways. It could be a really cool environment, especially on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, well, Sunday mainly is that's is, this is the problem. Well, I think if they went back to but, the old schedule, I think if it was Friday through Monday, it would be terrific. It'd be great. It'd be terrific, right? Because all these teams would bring people down yeah, here, you know, and it would fill that little arena and make it cool. Yeah. Um, anybody that watched the Mystics win the championship last year, it's a cool setup, yeah. and it's going to be a fun environment. But come Monday and Tuesday, who's going to be there for any of these teams if it's not Towson? You know, or maybe maybe I think I think William and Mary, if they got to the end, they have a ton of DC alumni like JMU. Oh, they'll be packed, and, uh, and they're so they, they'd pack it up. I mean, they've been waiting decades. Yeah, they're for all they're, they're all locked in. So, you know, if one of them could get there to the end, it'd be great. But yeah, I think I'm I think I'm with you, Rob. I think I'd pick Charleston if you uh, really made me put money on. Yep. It. So, yep. Cool. Well, we, we we will be back, and we will be more optimistic. Uh, we're going to have much better things to talk about next week talk about successes as we head into the women's tournament yes. <laughs> right so we are so happy for coach O. um if you didn't get a chance uh, go back and listen last week's episode was really good uh, we sort of i had some trouble getting it out the day we did it but um it was you know in the end it turned out really well and coach O is always a gracious guest and he's a lot of fun and although we talked about this weekend it, there was a lot of fun talk about all kinds of things uh hoops related and I just encourage you to go check that out because he's the best. Yeah, and he's a great guest. We'll be, yeah, we'll be watching the women closely this weekend to make sure they uh, hang on to their seating uh, headed towards next week. So, stay healthy. Got to stay healthy this year in the tournament. <laughs> no, don't, I have to even say that. <laughs> yes, you're right. You're right. Yeah, this is the time last year where they got hurt yep. right down the stretch. Um, don't want to see that again. So we'll be back. We'll have lots of good things. Uh, thanks, as always, to Pale Fire and Mossy Creek. We'll have some announcements coming the next few weeks um, about new things uh, in terms of particularly Mossy Creek, but in terms of sponsors overall. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, we had our big meeting, got things organized. We're just not ready to quite put everything out there yet. Uh, so we'll be back next week to talk women's hoops, um, maybe talk a little softball. And really getting ready, Rob. It's almost spring football. I know. Eight, 18th, I believe. Eight to 18. Yeah. yeah. Going through to the uh, spring game. I, I, I did look at the calendar. I'm like, I might even make the spring game. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, I forget when it is, but I'm, it's a couple of weeks. I'm doing, yeah, yeah I'm, do, I'm doing a cycling thing down there in Harrisonburg, like a casual, you know, like a charity ride kind of oh, thing cool. um, with a friend in April. And I was like, I might even be down there. So yeah, yeah we'll see. Yeah. But I will talk to you next time. Have a good week, everybody. Go Dukes.
find you how shelter stone.